If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growanemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growanemaillist.com. That's growanemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. Then you need to commit. And this is more of a mindset shift, but we want to stop negotiating with ourselves, no matter how much we have going on on whether you're going to do it or not. First, you have to commit. There's no negotiation. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. No one told me that signing up for entrepreneurship also meant that I'd become a content creation machine. Blog posts, social captions, podcast episodes, emails, Instagram reels. I ran the numbers and I've created roughly 2.4 billion pieces of content, or at least it feels like my numbers have had to hit the billions. Creating content requires a key element, creativity. And sometimes that creative well runs dry. Well, what then? As a seven-figure launch strategist, Destiny Berman knows plenty about content creation. On her busiest weeks, she'll spend up to 15 hours recording podcast episodes, creating five-day challenges, filming live videos, and more. But she doesn't do it on sheer will alone. There's an art to making sure that your creative well doesn't run dry and that you come up with content that will truly capture your ideal client's attention. Waiting around for inspiration to strike isn't efficient. Destiny will walk you through developing a content creation strategy that works for you and keeps the ideas flowing so that you can keep creating. Here is Destiny Berman. New year, new goals, new podcast recommendations. Because if I know anything about you, it's that you love to work with earbuds in, listening to business advice and entrepreneurial secrets from the best of the best. So let me introduce you to my pal, John Lee Dumas, host of the hugely popular Entrepreneurs on Fire podcast. Each weekday, John features an interview with entrepreneurs changing the game and digs into topics that are interesting as they are actionable. How to start your own business during a global pandemic. How business schools set founders up for failure. 
And the secrets to scaling a business are just a few of those conversations that he's having over on EO Fire. Listen to Entrepreneurs on Fire wherever you get your podcasts. Destiny, I am so thrilled to welcome you to the Gold Digger podcast. So welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me and I'm happy to be here. This is going to be such a powerful episode and I'm so excited to dive into your content creation process. I think it's something that so many entrepreneurs struggle with. But before we do that, I want to know, Destiny, where does your story begin? Like, Have you always been this creative person, this creator? So yes and no. And I, you know, what I realized is that my whole childhood and when it came to teaching and coming up with creative ideas, that's, that's always been with me, but it took me a long time to see it. And, you know, I saw this in really two areas. So one, when I was a kid, my parents, they got into the whole network marketing business and they started really building out that part for themselves And my dad was having me do presentations even when I was 13 years old. And so I had to learn the content and learn the products they were selling. And what I realized was that when I was presenting the content, I was coming up with my ways of doing that. And looking back, I saw how that really tuned into my creativity, but I just didn't always realize that. Oh, I love that. It's so interesting to thinking about like the paths that we take and our innate desires and kind of how we come into the world having these different knacks or creations and how that translates into who we become as adults. And I'm just curious, kind of how did that path unfold for you? Like, what did that look like as you started to pursue these creative endeavors? Well, as you probably guessed, it wasn't the most straightforward path. (laughs) Um, I've spent, um, so I ended up going to Berkeley for college and then I stayed in San Francisco. And so what I also didn't realize at the time was that San Francisco was just this incredible hotbed of tech innovation and yet all the startup energy. And so I ended up going into digital marketing and also software And what I was also able to do because of the high vibe startup energy here was to really tune into that. So we came up with creative ways to drive campaigns. And I was able to work for companies where we were designing and working with brands like Sephora and Twitter. And again, I didn't realize that was also my way of, you know, creativity and of creating, you know, when it came to It was funny because I was thinking that was only content and copy, (laughs) but then designing campaigns was another way to do that. And so I spent about 15 years doing that. It was interesting up to a point. And then I realized that my full expression of my creativity was to become an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. and to be a part of this creator economy that even six and a half years ago was just really getting into its next wave. Yeah, it really has transformed so much over the last few years. And just the way that we look at content as a whole, one of the things that I think so many listeners that are listening to this show are probably thinking is, am I a content creator? I think a lot of us start businesses based off of sheer passion or passion for the product or the service or the offer that we create. But we don't necessarily think about all the pieces that we create surrounding that offer as content. So how would you define a content creator or who would you qualify as a content creator if someone is listening to this show and thinking, hmm, are they talking to me? (laughs) 
<laughs> so I love this question. <laughs> and I was just reading because I'm always reading articles written about the creator economy, and whether it's about funding companies or you know what it means. And I was just reading this definition of what a creator is that I really love. And it's by Hugo. And he defines it as a creator who is an individual who scales without permission. And I agree with that because, you know, I work with so many different clients and we've got members inside our community who have different ways. Some focus on YouTube, some focus on podcasts, some focus on paid blog articles. And what's what's really interesting to me about this is that during this age, they get to access millions of people and build empires through non-traditional forms. And you get to pick the kind of channel and the kind of platform that is your unique expression without it necessarily compromising how you want to express what you want to do. So I define a creator as someone who does want to create, but create within the channel that is most suited for you. And I like to say within your creative calling. Mm, I love that. And honestly, this actually is just making me smile because when Destiny and I jumped on to this interview, she was like, oh, I can't see you. And I was like, no, 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 I don't do video. (laughs) I only use my voice. But that is part of why I went into podcasting is I knew how I could show up and the best way that I could consistently show up. And I honored that. And so Destiny, can you walk me through kind of some of the different channels that people can create on and maybe what skills or strengths would play into those different channels or mediums of content creation? Yes. So I was actually just thinking about a client. I've got a longtime client of mine who's an astrologer. Now, it's interesting because she's the opposite of you. She loves to have videos. She's got regular horoscope videos up on YouTube and she loves it. But for the life of her, she won't do a podcast. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? <laughs> so, um, you know, I've got clients who have, you know, created a lot of content very consistently on YouTube. And what I would say is that while we're only scratching the surface of the different platforms I'll go into now, YouTube has been a platform that's been around a long time. It's a second search, the second biggest search engine next to Google because it is part of Google. And I would say that if you choose YouTube, you're someone who loves to be on video. You love to speak. You know, we have folks who are keynote speakers who find themselves very comfortable with producing video on YouTube. And you tap into the whole search traffic. I think podcast is incredible for folks who are great with creating content, but they don't want to be on video in the same way. And what's nice about podcasting is that now you get to push out consistent content, but you also get to leverage partnerships with bigger platforms that want to create partnerships like a clubhouse and even Spotify who's tapping into original talent. Then you have the writers who love to have, you know, their way of thinking is with words and having that visualness. And Substack is a platform that comes to mind where you can write and you have certain pieces of content that are gated. So you can build up subscribers and still get paid for writing and publishing content. And then this kind of goes into e-commerce, but there's a reason why Shopify as a company has really grown so much in the last five years, because you have folks who can sell their creative items and really any type of items without having to go into retailers. And we have folks who just really have that ability to create physical products And that's where the end of landing. Mm, That's so good. And I think what's so cool is that content creation can come in so many different forms and through so many different mediums and gifts. And I think a lot of people get 
hit this like stumbling point, this roadblock when they're trying to do too much too fast or trying to be everywhere in all the forms. So I'm curious, what would you say would be the reason why entrepreneurs should really claim the title of a content creator and should be putting out content to help grow their business? So one, I don't believe you can grow your business without having original content in there, especially if you're a part of the creator economy, if you're part of the teaching industry, yeah. because it's, it's a way for you to monetize. And while paid advertising is a strong channel, you can't do it for the long term and it just gets too expensive. So one content, having original content on a consistent schedule is necessary. And we didn't even talk about Instagram just because I feel like Instagram is more, while you can build audiences from Instagram and they've gone into, you know, short form video, I tend to focus more on longer form content with my clients. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there are plenty of other platforms out there like uh, such as Instagram and Pinterest as an example. But, you know, back to your original question, one, I don't think you can exist and have a strong business model without pushing out consistent content because the organic channel is necessary to, because there is so much content out there, you really need to carve out your voice and your niche for people to pay attention, for people to become loyal subscribers and to have loyal fans. There is this theory going around, around the hundred true fans where in the past, you know, we're talking about a thousand true fans. And now if you have a hundred true fans who is investing a thousand dollars with you a year, you can start to build a business from there. And that's really what it takes. So how do you create that loyalty in that relationship? And it requires consistent content and authentic content. Yeah, I love that. I couldn't agree more. And I think you made a really important distinction there because so many people look at content in terms of social media marketing, right? But what we found, creators like you, Destiny, and me, is that you want to almost build up your own library of content and resources that are searchable, that are optimized, that have keywords that paint you as this expert. That's exactly why I blog and have this podcast. It's basically, I always think of every episode as almost putting a book on the bookshelf of a resource for someone that they can go back to often. And social media isn't searchable in that way. And it's not really the best ROI in the sense of of how long the shelf life of your content is and how long that content can drive results. Would you agree with that? So true, Jenna. I could not agree with that more. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and you just touched on a super important point, which is you need to own your channel. Yeah. So whether that's your email list or all the website traffic and the podcast subscribers, but you need to own your channel and you need to own your content so that you can move it across platforms, even if you're leveraging social media platforms. Yeah, absolutely. So we have a really robust content creation system on my team. We're pushing out a lot of content every single week. But I want to know, Destiny, what does your content creation system look like? Yeah, this took me a while to figure out. And it's something that, you know, I've definitely contributed to my clients' content systems as well, because some of them have been creating content for the last, you know, 10 years. And one is I, <laughs> I didn't want to do this, but I had to really figure out my schedule in terms of Tuesday is a better day for me to create my podcast episodes. And I had to commit to having a schedule where I had to create my content. 
And in the beginning, that was hard because whether it was making short form videos for my Facebook group or creating my podcast episodes, which is a newer platform for me, I didn't want to lock my creativity down in that way. Yeah. And so it was driving my team crazy. So first thing was to figure out a schedule and a rhythm that really worked for me. And then what I do is I'll batch produce my content the best I can. I don't always hit the number of pieces of content when I sit down, but I do my best to batch produce it after enough prep time. Yeah. I used to think that I can show up and just you know go on the fly, <laughs> but that, you know, that just doesn't work. So it's pick out the schedule and the day for you to do your best to prep. And then I'll batch produce as many pieces so that my team can work on their magic and really get that scheduled and pushed out. I love that. We do something very similar. Even today, as I sit and record this with you, I'm recording four interviews. And yesterday I did another four. And so when we look at it, you know, it does require that preparation, but then there's nothing better than knocking out a day and being like, man, I just slayed that day and I got content for the next month, two months, whatever that looks like. Exactly. And, you know, if you're a mom, you have kids, yeah. you have to, <laughs> you have to get ahead of it. <laughs> Absolutely. There's no other options over here in this land. So I want to know, let's say somebody's listening and, and maybe they don't have a robust team or they don't have a massive content creation schedule like you and I do. How does somebody begin to develop their own content creation system? How can they start to kind of create a methodology or have kind of this idea where they can sit down and get to work knowing what they need to create and knowing how to plan that out? Yeah. So the first step is to identify and simplify. And you talked about this earlier on, but in the beginning, it's easy to say, I want to be on three different platforms and I'm going to make it happen. In the beginning, especially if you know we don't have a massive team behind us, I would pick the one platform that calls to you, whether that is your Facebook group, your YouTube channel, blogging, or podcast. So you want to pick one channel that calls to you, and that's the simplify piece. Then you want to identify, well, how many pieces of content can I really commit to? Weekly is a good pace, but I like to say that consistency is above all else. So if it's twice a month and you can be consistent with that, that's great. And if it's weekly, that's great too. Then you need to commit. And this is more of a mindset shift, but we want to stop negotiating with ourselves, no matter how much we have going on on whether you're going to do it or not. So this is where the batch producing and the scheduling helps. But first you have to commit. There's no negotiation. I'm going to create two pieces of content per month or four pieces per month. And that is it. And that's where you get it on the calendar and you've committed to yourself that you are going to make that happen above all else. And then the last piece of that is to measure because it's hard to keep going when you don't know what the outcomes are. And yes, organic traffic and building up audience takes time where you're not necessarily leveraging paid advertising. But if you're measuring the outcomes of it, oh, Am I building up my email list? You know, am I getting a response? That's going to help keep you motivated and keep you going. Yeah, I love it. And I think something that a lot of people miss when it comes to content creation, and you touched on it, is tying every piece of content to a desired end result. I think a lot of times we 
create just for the sake of creating, which is beautiful and necessary to stay creative. But I also think when it comes down to strategic content or content that you want to provide a result, you've got to start the creation process with the end in mind and with it being something that is measurable so that it keeps you going. Because I don't know about you, but do you think that creativity is a renewable resource? Because there have been times where you're just staring at the blinking cursor, or you're waiting to hit record, and you're like, I've got nothing. How do we stay creative as entrepreneurs? Mm. I love this. And I think about this all the time because <laughs> it is hard to call on creativity on demand, right? Yeah. And I think that creativity on demand is just, you know, it's nearly impossible. And there are things that you can do to keep yourself renewed and resourced so that you can do your best with creativity on demand. And I think that's where, you know, I work with folks who have been creating content for decades, but when it comes down to sitting and making videos, it hits something because they essentially they're having to call it on demand, no matter how much prep you've done. Yeah. So, you know, what I've, what I've observed is that one, you want to identify the practices that fuels you. It can be as simple as five minute meditation every day or having a yoga practice or taking a walk in nature. So you want to identify the practice that fuels you every day and the best you can. Maybe it's not seven days a week, but five days a week, you're sticking to that practice. For me, it's a combination of guided meditations and being in nature. Because if you keep yourself renewed, you're going to be able to draw on that when you need and as much as possible on schedule. And then the second thing I'll say is that I've noticed that space is essential. If you're in meetings all day, every day, that is not going to give you the space you need to create your deepest work. And so the best you can to block out chunks throughout your day so that away from family, away from your work and your business to give yourself that space. I think that's something we all need a little bit more of these days. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> As we look to the new year, you might be thinking about ways to hit the ground running with your business or even ways to help connect with your customers on a deeper level. We've talked about CRM platforms in the past, and I wanted to talk a little bit more about why they're essential for businesses in 2022. A CRM platform takes any customer interaction, like a sale from your website or clicking on your weekly newsletter, and it transforms that data into valuable insights. Insights like, when do my customers shop? And do my emails really get open more on a Monday? A HubSpot CRM platform is ready to help connect the dots between your business and your customers like never before. HubSpot is consistently working to make its products more connected than ever. With improved custom report builders, you can curate your data your way, making it super easy to review real-time reports on sales, marketing, deals, and more, all with just a few clicks. And if you're looking for cleaner data with a centralized system, the all-new Operations Hub Enterprise gives your team leads the ability to curate data sets for all users, meaning even faster and more consistent reporting. Learn more about how a HubSpot CRM platform can help connect your business in 2022 at HubSpot.com. 
Hey, gold diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Oh, so I would love to know. So let's say somebody is listening and they are in the process of creating content or they're wanting to create more. Can you walk me through kind of what your team looks like that supports your content creation process and the order that you would hire in? Because I think a lot of people have a lot of fear around outsourcing or getting help or having an extra set of hands. But I think that for a lot of content creators, people don't recognize that it really does take a village of people. So could you walk Mm. through that? Yes, of course. (laughs) And I'm always a little hesitant to go into the team size because sometimes I feel like folks feel like, well, I need this huge team. Yeah. And I was just actually talking with someone from my past life where he was asking me about who was supporting me with my podcast. So on my podcast, I have a podcast. She's great. She's a podcast editor and she supports me with coming up with content ideas, the show notes and getting that pushed out every week. And we batch produce that on a monthly basis. My podcasts are solo episodes that are meant to keep my community engaged versus hosted. I also have a YouTube team who manages my YouTube channel because we went into YouTube as well. And they give me the topics. I batch produce the videos and they do all the editing and they do everything else. So what I would say is in terms of resources and reinvesting back in your business, again, you want to simplify and identify who is the one person that I need. And I would go more with a generalist in that area. So my podcast person does everything. I didn't go into someone who only handled one aspect of the podcast or same thing for YouTube, someone who only handles one area of YouTube. Outside of me creating the videos, they handle everything else. I do write my own blog content that I share within certain communities that's me. And I would say that I'm also less consistent with that because I don't have (laughs) someone who's telling me destiny. We need these pieces of articles by this time. (laughs) Oh, I love that. It doesn't really take much. I think it just takes an honest look at where your gifts lie and support can come in so many different forms. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And there is this process about trusting your voice and really trusting that this is your path. Yeah. Right, Because your voice will evolve over time. You know, I've had to deal with finding my voice 
you know, one of the things I love about you, Jenna, is that you've really found like from, from like years ago, I feel like you just found your voice and how you want to pull this out. And it's such a gift. And so we all have to find our voice and to find how we evolve. Yeah. And I think too, so much about content creation is that you have to be the one to do it at first in order to find your voice, to find your methodology or the way you teach or the way you show up before you could ever hand it off to someone else. And once you have that distinguishable, recognizable voice, it's a lot easier to get help and support while still infusing you into every piece of it. You can infuse yourself without having to push every button, type every letter and show up in every single way. And I think there's beauty in that surrender process. But I definitely (laughs) think that most content creators that I know that are still successful content creators a decade in started by doing all the things, wearing all the hats, creating everything on their own at first and then started to accept help when they were able to explain exactly what they needed and hand over something that was very distinguishable. It's so true. And it's funny because I know I cringe when I first started putting out my content. And I think that as part of the initiation, crossing the threshold process as a creator, you have to cringe and be willing to be okay with that when you publish that first video, when you hold your first webinar or you put out your first podcast. And I think that one of the things that gets in our way of consistent content creation is that we we may want to get into this mindset of everything having to be perfect. But to your point, you only find your voice when you are willing to put out more content. Yeah. And you will have cringeworthy content in the yes. beginning. Like that's just part of it. <laughs> Oh man, I can't even like listen back to the beginning of this episode. You know, your phone voice, like, you know, when you go to record your voicemail and you hit play and you listen to yourself and you're like, wait, I really sound like that. I like recorded the first episodes in your phone voice, trying to sound like a totally different person until my throat hurt so bad that I was like, there's no way I can continue like this. It's so funny. It's so humbling, but it's part of just showing up. So what would you say, Destiny, for people that want to step into a new identity or show up in a new way or become an authority in a certain area, but fear is holding them back. How would you encourage them forward? Mm. So one of my, it's, it's interesting because one of my favorite topics is around making the shift about how ultimately your business is really a reflection of where you're at. And we all want to grow our businesses. And then to your point, we also need to evolve into a new identity in order to grow, because if you're just who you were before, how can you grow? You know, what's a natural extension of you? At least that's what I believe. So one, this comes back to the level of commitment. Like if this is really what you want to do and this is your path and you know that there is an undeniable prompting and calling within you, it requires commitment no matter what. Yeah. And then two, you know, you have to be willing to go through that humbling process and to know your face is going to turn red. I mean, how many times in the beginning when you try to make a video and you publish it live and now you start at the beginning of the day and now it's dark. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? I mean, how many times have we done that? But we have to be willing to go through that. And that takes a commitment to being humble yeah. and a commitment to saying, you know what? I'm going to do this no matter what. My face will get red. I don't like how I'm talking. I don't like how I look. And that's okay because I can trust my path. And this is part of my process. Yeah, I agree. I think it is just... 
scary. And I think a lot of times too, nowadays, especially because everything feels like it's being peer reviewed with social media, with immediate feedback, with likes and comments, it adds in this whole expectation that we have to show up when it's perfect. And I love that you're talking about like, man, we can cringe and I can cringe at things I made a year ago. Like that's part of the process. I don't think you ever fully arrive or think, man, I've mastered that. But I think the best content creators are those that are showing up as they're learning, being willing to make mistakes, being willing to just be imperfect, but taking people on the journey with them. Exactly. Exactly. And then the third tip is to flip it around because, you know, you're so stuck within yourself and you know that you have this life changing, like this is your life's work. It's life changing. And if you just know that this piece of, even if it's cringeworthy and it makes you cringe, it was going to change and impact one life. Like that's it. And that will help flip it around. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's our service. I want to know, do you have any sort of like formulas or ways that you approach the actual creation process, how to know what to create or what to say, or how to make sure you're delivering an end result? Yes. So first step is I start from the big picture. So if I'm about to make a series of videos for YouTube, I start from one, what is the series? And I like, I like to theme things and I like to start from, okay, this is my bigger vision. So for the next four weeks, the next eight weeks, this is my theme. This is my series. So big picture theme and series. And I find that from working with folks inside our community, this helps them as well because it grounds it. Because the shadow side of being so creative is like you can get lost in this creative, messy process, right? Yes. (laughs) And so, and there's nothing worse, in my opinion, when you're lost and it's like, wow, do I go this direction or that direction? So ground with the big picture and the series. And then from there, I will have a topic and a theme for each piece of content. So what is the one outcome, the one learning I want them to get from this video? or this podcast episode. And I like to bring it down to one. If you really had to, you know, have two outcomes, that's great. But one learning objective. And I do find that having micro objectives are helpful. So one learning objective, one outcome. And then from there, I'll bullet out three learning objectives and outcome that add up to the bigger one within that piece of content. And then I build out my notes under each bullets. This is something that I give my clients and my members, and it works very well for them because it's simplified, it's themed out, and we focus on one micro learning per subtopic. Mm. Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough, but I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. A whopping 79% of B2B content marketers say LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's because with LinkedIn ads, you're not just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. You're strategically building relationships and driving real results. We're talking about a platform with over a billion members, including 180 million senior level executives and 10 million C-level executives. You are networking with the actual decision makers. And LinkedIn's targeting and measurement tools are specifically designed for for B2B marketers, meaning you're not wasting time or money on irrelevant leads. In fact, in the tech industry, LinkedIn ads have been shown to generate two to five times higher return on ad spend compared to other social media platforms. 
Using LinkedIn ads allows you to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to industry trends and developments, whether it's finding the perfect partner for a collaboration or uncovering new opportunities for growth. LinkedIn can be your secret weapon. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a hundred dollar credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. On top of my many titles as mom, entrepreneur, and creative, I've also added host. Drew and I host on Airbnb on our favorite island in Hawaii. We started hosting as a way to make some extra income, and we've had such an easy breezy experience. Now we host year after year, and it's been a fantastic side hustle. Not to brag, but we've also been crowned Airbnb Superhost several times, so we are really killing the game. It's about having spaces we can enjoy as a family while creating memorable experiences for our guests, and it helps that we earn a little extra cash on the side. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I love that. How do you establish, because this is a question I get all the time and I feel like you are the perfect guest to answer it. How do you establish, because I love how you are teaching through what you create and you're really looking at, you know, getting people results. How do you differentiate between what to give away for free and what to charge for? My goodness, this is the million dollar question, isn't it? <laughs> right? Actually. <laughs> So it's interesting because, and I was just literally having this conversation with an investor and we are so overwhelmed and inundated with content. Yeah. And so he was even asking me, he said, look in your space, how are people, you know, giving away free content and then what are they moving into their premium offer? Yeah. And so I like to make the distinction and it's also why I do believe in this space, in the education, teaching, creator space that we will be moving into different models. You know, there's this whole theme coming up around cohorts and whatnot. So the point is, to answer your question, we have what I consider the closed container within paid content. So closed container, meaning they come through, there's a whole experience in their learning, even if it's study on their own and learn on their own, and they have a beginning to end. When it comes to the free content, even though you're theming and, and having a series around it and there are patterns to the content, because what I consider them to be micro learnings, they're getting standalone learnings and values from each piece of content, but it doesn't get wrapped up into a closed container. And that's how I break out the two when it push comes to shove, because you want to give value, you want to create that connection, and you want to show your authority and your, and your expertise but if we have the boundary of closed container, closed experience versus micro learning per piece of content, that will help you create the boundary that way. Mm, I love that. I think that's so powerful. And I, I do think it's something a lot of people get stuck on, right? Like they're like, if I'm giving all this away for free, how yes. could I possibly charge? And I think that it's one of those beautiful things that can get us back into the mindset of service over selling, which can kind yes. of take some of that pressure off of the process. 
Exactly. Exactly. I love that. <laughs> oh, so I want to know as we're kind of moving towards this next year, are there any content creation trends you're excited about? Do you think there's any like new waves coming through? What do you think or what do you predict is going to be the content creation kind of hub as we start to move into this next year? So I think we're going to move into more micro learnings because there's so much content thrown our way. I think that the more digestible and high value we can compress the content is going to be a big deal. You know, I know that, you know, even with videos, people are, you know, we move towards the trend of shorter videos versus longer form. And I think what's going to happen is the question is, well, how can we deliver more value in shorter lengths? Yeah. And this is going to be a bigger trend, but, you know, AI and how content gets consumed and learned and personalized, that is going to be a trend as well. So, you know, we see this with earlier forms of quizzes and even in the cosmetic industries, right? They're, they're semi-personalizing your products for you, but I think there's going to be a trend in terms of how do you serve personalized content that's productized on the back end so that people can learn based on where they're at. Mm, I love that. I love both of those predictions. I couldn't agree more, especially to when we look at, you know, something that I'm curious what you think on this, Destiny, but when COVID hit and people were at home, a lot of us assumed, okay, people are going to have so much more time. They're going to be consuming so much more. And I think the opposite happened. People wanted fast, digestible, quick to the point content because we were already feeling so overwhelmed, right? I noticed like I wasn't listening to the podcast like I normally do, like my user habits shifted as the world shifted. And I think it is a good challenge for a lot of us, but it also can be used to our benefit of not forcing ourselves to create super long things and, you know, get us to the point faster, which I think is beautiful. And then I love the idea of customized results, because I think that is something that a lot of us are just seeing within ourselves. We don't want to know which general vitamins we should take. We want to know exactly which ones we need, you know? And I think that personalized touch helps people take action faster because it doesn't feel like a generic response or something that everyone should do, but it feels like it was tailor-made for you. I think both of those trends are really exciting. I could not agree more. And you're absolutely right with what happened with COVID. You know, I think part of it is that everyone also got Zoom fatigue yes. from everything shifting to Zoom. I mean, my husband was not used to being on Zoom all day the way he did when he had to start working from home because yeah. um, he works at a company. And so there was a Zoom fatigue and you're absolutely right. And so that had people turn away from longer form content. They just want simplicity and to the point. And then also, I think that there were just things happening in people's consciousness, the fears and the unknowns. And so they just wanted very short prescriptions that will give them the solution because we're already sitting in this global unknown. Right. Oh, I love that so much. Destiny, this has been so powerful. And I think it's just been really fun to help people start to think about, you know, content and what it means to be a creator as we move into this next year. And maybe, you know, people can start planning out what that process will look like for them and get their footing before the new year hits so that they can enter that new year with confidence. I want to know where can everybody find you, connect with you, learn more about you and the work that you do? 
So my website has, we're a great hub. I have actually my podcast is called Make the Shift because we're always making shifts into the next level of ourselves. So if you go to my website, Destiny Berman, we have all kinds of free resources and trainings on there and my podcast as well. And then also this will be in the show notes, but we also have a a virtual summit that we produce. It's called Own Your Calling. And the reason why I made it that theme, even from a few years ago, is because, you know, we're in this new way of working, whether it's digital and figuring out our creative paths. And so we have interviews with some incredible speakers who talked about how they found their creative calling and turned that into their business and their platform. Oh, I love that. Everyone make sure you check those things out. Destiny, thank you so much for coming on the Gold Digger podcast and sharing your wisdom and your expertise. This was such a fun interview. Mm, Thanks so much for having me. This is my all-time favorite. I love this topic. Ooh, that episode makes me want to get all creative and get creating. And I think a lot of times the content creation process gets really complicated in our brains, or we just get on the hamster wheel of creating for the sake of creating without actually tying those creations to an end result, to a purpose. And so I love Destiny's approach and how she works through the creation process, how she plans through it. And you all know I'm a huge fan of batch working, and so I can totally get behind that notion when it comes to planning. My challenge for you is to really look ahead at this next year and ask yourself, how can I add value? How can I get people quick wins? How can I build up my own library of resources and refine my voice? And I think the tools in today's interview will help you do just that. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. If you haven't taken a minute to leave a review, I would absolutely love to hear from you. All you got to do is search for the show, click the star rating, and type in a few words, but it would mean the absolute world to me. I love reading and hearing from you listeners. Of course, until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals, and thank you for listening to today's episode. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team 
is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home, and thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.